Our lifespan is increasing, but what about our health span, the portion of our lives in which we're healthy? Extend your health span with SRW, Science Research Wellness. SRW is a nutraceutical company that curates the latest science and research to formulate supplements designed to support the structure, function, and processes within our cells that change with age. SRW's cell range line, cell 1, cell 2, and cell 3, constitute the complete cellular system range which supports the nine areas of the cell to change with age, the nine hallmarks of aging. SRW's carefully selected cutting-edge ingredients and formulations support the aging process in a way that previous generations have not had access to. Learn more about the science behind SRW, the nine hallmarks of aging, and how you can find out your biological age by going to srw.co. That's srw.co. SRW, the science of aging well. srw.co. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. With me today is Layla Mutin, who is our resident nutritionist. And together we endeavor to answer your questions sent to questions at drhoffman.net. How are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman. How are you? Very well, thank you. And uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about some of the stories of the week before we get to questions. Yeah. Did you realize, this, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Brace yourself for this one. Okay. Healthy eating linked to lower risk of total mortality. In other words, if you eat well, you are less likely to die. You're kidding. <laughs> Isn't it, oh my goodness! Isn't that the entire premise of our? That's uh, the holy grail of our professional endeavors, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So, but it's interesting. They did a study on this. I mean, you would think intuitively they would have, uh, you know, come to this conclusion, but they had to prove it scientifically, and so they did a huge study. Mm-hmm. Seventy-five thousand women, forty-four thousand men, and guess what? Those who scored in the highest quintile, that's a quarter, yes, for healthy eating patterns, had a 14 to 20% lower risk of total mortality Great. versus though in the lowest quintile. So surprise, surprise. Oh. Uh, and this was consistent across all racial and ethnic groups. Mm. They claim mm. this is one of the largest and longest running studies that examine the associations of dietary scores uh, with the risk of total in and all-cause mortality in large cohort studies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so it's important to eat well. What do you think? What do you say, Layla? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I call that a magic bullet. Yeah. I call that the magic pill. Exactly. It's if the, we just put the right stuff in our pie holes. Yeah. It's the poly we're pill. We're going to be great. It's the poly pill. Remember the poly pill? They said put a statin and a beta blocker and an aspirin. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, uh, you know, all these things together. And uh, this would... The smorgasbord pill. Uh, this would lower the risk of dying. Yeah. Okay, so it turns out that there was... Just break it down. 6 to 13% lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease. 
Uh, six to 15 lower risk of death due to heart disease. I don't know why the difference, I guess one is specifically heart, the other is, you know, the entire circulatory system, including strokes. Mm. Uh, a seven to 18% lower risk of cancer related death. And this is a surprise. 35 to 46 lower risk of respiratory disease related death. Wow. Wow. So respiratory disease is really related to diet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not talking about uh, eating cigarettes here. I no, guess. no, we're talking about uh, eating in a way to reduce inflammation in the lungs. And oh, they yeah. didn't break out a statistic for neurodegenerative disease, mm-hmm. um, but there was a modestly lower risk of death due to neuro- neurodegenerative disease. Uh, you know, i.e., Alzheimer's, etc. ALS. And yeah, so forth. Uh, Parkinson's, especially mm-hmm. probably. Okay, um, Mediterranean diet, DASH diet, vegetarian diet. So, you know, they're sort of giving a nod to diets that are rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, and legumes, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. lower amounts of refined grains, added sugar, sodium, and red and processed meats. I, uh, I kind of disagree. It's always the same that, groups yeah. of foods that they put I together. I think they would have gotten the same results when they included red and maybe even processed meats. Yeah. You know, I don't think that that's, you know... If, if it's the right kind of processing, it could be like a probiotic food yeah. to a degree. Yeah. I mean, it's it depends on what you're getting. It's And they just lump all these foods together still with the red and processed meat. But it's similar to a study of the best diets, you know, how they do every year. I think it's U.S. News and World Report. They talked about the, the, the highest ranking diets. Mediterranean, and I think the DASH diet. They just can't get their so head around forth. red meat. That is no, just, they just... There's something unvirtuous about red meat. Right, you know, right. You know. It's almost... There's like a stigma attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it also may be the healthy user bias where, you know, people who consume a lot of red meat may also have less healthy lifestyles in other ways. And they try to control for that, I'm sure, in these studies, but they can't really uh, obviate that yeah. bias. It's called the healthy user bias, so that you know, the vast majority of people consume a lot of red meat, and especially processed meat, they don't do a lot of other healthy things. Right. And, you know, they eat indiscriminately. But there is a cadre of people, I think, among, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yours truly and yourself, mm-hmm. who consume uh, red meat in moderation. Yes. But, uh, and ample, grass-fed and organic amounts. and without the bun on, on my burger. Right. You know, that kind of a thing. Without the French fries and the, and the soft drink. And yep. and the beer, right. and the smoking yep. that goes along apparently with the with the men that they study that are you know eating a lot of right. red meat and the twenty two hours way. per week of time spent on the couch watching sports right yes <laughs> right. yes 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 which is all part, of those play maybe in. part of the the, yeah. the carnivore lifestyle yeah for yeah. some for some okay this one you'll like because uh, this is another one of these truisms. That has proven true. Hmm. Good hydration linked to healthy aging. Ah. It's like, good, good, good hydration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, and that's the, our advice for the new year is, uh, you know, hydrate. So they did this study in an interesting way. Like, how do you know whether people are drinking adequately? You can ask them if they drink adequately, but people are notoriously poor at recalling how much they drink. And they'll sometimes maybe exaggerate. You sure. Know, how much they drink? They want to give you the right answer. Yeah, that's so, kind of playing in the background. I mean, there. they would like to drink a lot adequately, so they're going to maybe. So this is kind of an ingenious way to figure out how whether they were well hydrated. Uh, they looked at serum sodium levels 
Oh. So when you are, it's kind of like uh, you put a teaspoon of salt in a half glass of water, uh, you'll get a very kind of cloudy water. Yes. But if you put it into a full glass of water or a pitcher of water, it'll dissolve and it'll mm -hmm. have a dilutional effect. So the idea is when you hydrate with water, hopefully not salty water, uh, you're going to get a lower sodium. Yes. And actually a sign of people who are overhydrating is they have low sodium. They'll have a sodium that's like 130, you know, 35 or These something These are people like who are drinking like two gallons of water a day. It's yeah, a little bit ridiculous. They have like dipsomania, they're yeah. like, which is a psych psychiatric condition where they're drinking too much water. Water. Yeah. Yes. Um, but so they found that adults with serum sodiums at the higher end of normal, they were not abnormal. They were higher range of normal. Uh, had more chronic conditions and showed signs of advanced biological aging, more yeah. so than those with serum sodium levels in the medium range. So, I, you know, I'm not sure that this is a fail-safe study because there are medical conditions that can raise sodium apart from dehydration. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I think it's actually a pretty good proxy for hydration. And uh, so they found that uh, the... Serum sodium levels uh, correlated with systolic blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar, um, and then uh, they also looked at markers of aging, and they found that um, uh, adults with high serum sodium had up to a 64% increased risk associated with heart failure, stroke, atrial fibrillation, peripheral artery disease, and chronic lung disease, diabetes, and dementia. Conversely, adults with serum sodium levels between 138 and 140 had the lowest risk of developing chronic disease. So this is a kind of a handy tool because everybody yeah. has access to their blood tests these days. Yes. It's not an esoteric test. Mm -mm. It doesn't cost, I mean, it's, it's part of the standard blood test, your, your sodium. Yeah. And if you look at it, optimal is 138 to 140. Mm -hmm. And if it's like uh, 145 or 146, which is the upper range of normal. That's dehydration. There's a 21% increase of premature death. Wow. Compared wow. to people who have 137 to 142. So I'm going to start looking at people's sodium. I used to just That's gloss over it. You know, yeah. I used to just say, well, I'd look at it. If it was abnormal, it would, it would be flagged. Yes. But it's even normal, but yes. high, no, high within high the normal, normal range. See, there's a way to scrutinize, right? It's yeah. always what, not just what's out of normal. So out of the normal. So range. ask your doctor to show you, or you know, you're going to get it because most of you now. It's have, in a basic metabolic panel. You, you have a so portal where you can go look at your blood tests. Yes. Go check it out, or maybe you have a hard copy at home. Yeah. Check it out. You know, it's ironic because salt is a preservative. Yeah. We, like we should live longer. <laughs> Pickled. If we were saltier, uh, <laughs> or something like that. Going. It doesn't work like that. Well, that's what I get. Right? People say, "Oh, you look really young." I go, "Yeah, it's the formaldehyde." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you know, sort of a quick repartee. Um, good. Okay, so we can uh, jump into questions. It, it, yeah. Maybe it's an opportunity just to remind people that uh, yes, that we have an intelligent medicine special report, and especially in these days of waning vaccine efficacy and you know, very I think uh, underwhelming vaccine uptake. People are losing confidence in the vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of have to fall back on. Uh, our terrain, you know, our own personal resilience. Yes. And I wrote about that extensively, and it's a free resource available to you. It's called Immunity Reset, a personalized plan to pandemic-proof your body and build resilience for a long, healthy life. Just go to drhoffman.com, 
take advantage of it because it's a free resource. Click on the Read drop-down menu and then click on where it says Immunity Reset. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a PDF. It's a long document, but it, uh, it's a comprehensive rundown of some of the ways that you can fortify your resilience. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm, it's very encouraging. I'm, all, you know, virtually everybody is getting COVID these days. And among yeah. our patients, they're getting COVID. Yeah. And they're doing very well. Yeah. I just talked, to, we talked to a, a 76 year old. Yes. She had COVID. Yeah. And it was, it was fairly mild, you know, mm -hmm. but she's tagged up on all these immune support, nutrients, vitamins. She's, you know, eating a very healthy diet. She is. Uh, even though she has some underlying medical conditions. And yeah. you think, you know, 76 year olds are a little bit, uh, frail, a little bit at risk. Yeah. And no, she's doing no, great. No biggie. No biggie. She really is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've not heard catastrophic things about COVID in our, among our patients. I mean, not, I, I have not either. Knock wood. I'm knocking wood. Absolutely. But I've not just, heard it. I mean, let us know if you're among our patients who've had a really serious uh, mm -hmm. bout with COVID. But among the people who adhere to these healthy lifestyle measures and take it makes all the difference. Uh, there's they're probably already following a lot of the recommendations yeah. in the immunity reset. Yeah document that I created. And and remember the first thing you just cited, that study, healthy eating, you know, contributes staves to off well. death. Yeah. It saves off death. Saves off death. To to lower mortality. That's right. a, that's a wonderful thing. Speaking of mortality So you don't need like, you know, yeah. virgin blood or you don't need like a rapamycin or you know things like right. that. Right. Oh my you goodness. Know. Yeah, you don't need the vampire blood thing, you know, where they they get uh, you know, rich old codgers get uh, recruit young uh, college students and, and get blood transfusions from them or plasma transfusions from them to rejuvenate Isn't that themselves. what Keith Richards did of the Rolling Stones? It's got not, transfusions. It's not working well for him. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's more glycosylated. Could be the smoking. Could yeah. be, oh, yeah. When I do lectures on, on the effects of drugs and alcohol and cigarettes, mm -hmm. I often show his visage, although he's alive. Yeah. Talk yeah. about pickling. Talk about pickling, right? <laughs> I wonder what his sodium level is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, what something we had discussed, you had discussed last uh, last week on right. our podcast at length was Damar Hamlin, who yes. wonderfully is now out of the hospital, right. back at home recuperating. We had a couple of emails, one from Leslie, one from Carrie. Dear Dr. Hopman, I respectfully ask that you reconsider your opinion that it is scurrilous to speculate whether the vaccine played a part in DeMar Hamlin's football incident this week. There's been a remarkable increase in the number of athletes falling since the release of the vaccine. Prior to the vaccine rollout, it was maybe 30 athlete deaths, deaths occurred annually. But since the rollout, there have been about 1,500 incidents, with 1,100 being fatal. We must discuss this possibility. To avoid speaking of it puts people's lives at risk. Science requires open discussion. Avoiding discussion of adverse events of the vaccine as a potential contributor is as silly as avoiding talking about sickle cell because it's racist. Right. Imagine. Right, right. Imagine. And, and then also, something in the same vein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of the same vein also from, the from sec Carrie. Second, the second email. Exactly, who brings up Dr. Peter McCullough, who sure. you've also interviewed. Yes. You know, uh, so... Very, very myocarditis may increase the risk of life-threatening ventricular arrhythmia that is caused by blunt impact to the chest, yep. which is what happened so to this me, player. So let me address yeah. that. You know, first of all, I haven't changed my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, it's possible to, you know, I think it was once said, and I forget who said it, it was a clever saying, is that 
uh, intelligence is the ability to hold two uh, disparate opinions in mind at the same time. Yeah. And so this is intelligent medicine, and along those lines, I decry the immediate uh, hue and cry by some people who wanted to uh, just blame the vaccine. Blame the vaccine. Uh, when we didn't know the facts about that. So yeah. I thought, I used maybe a overheated word, scurrilous, but it's all these people saying, oh, it's the vaccine that causes this guy to drop, you know, yeah. keel over on the field. Like, it'd be one thing if he just was like standing at the sidelines and all of a sudden he keeled over. You know, that would be like, whoa, that is super anomalous. But we do have an explanation that he had a big, I mean, I saw it, you know, and millions of people watched it. We and watched He had the a videos. big impact, and then we saw the replays. He had a big impact in the chest, which could be commotio cardis. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the other hand, and I, I really expounded on this in my uh, radio program, which maybe these people hadn't heard. They heard our podcast from Q&A. Uh -huh. On the real possibility that myocarditis is very common in young athletes who've had the vaccine. In fact, in one study, yeah. and they had to use a very specialized technique, they had to use something that's not often done, an MRI of the heart. Usually you do wow. an EKG or you do a, maybe an echocardiogram, but an MRI mm -hmm. of the heart reveals very subtle abnormalities in the heart. Mm -hmm. And in one series, and I remember early in the pandemic, they said, wow, we're seeing that 30% of young men who get COVID it wasn't a vaccine. It was getting COVID. Getting COVID. That they had the aftermath of some subtle signs of scarring or the aftermath of myocarditis or pericarditis. Mm. Now, that's with COVID. But we know now that the vaccine has a much greater likelihood of causing myocarditis, especially in young men. Yeah. And that's why some countries have completely waived the requirement for boosters in uh, younger people. They mm -hmm. just said, don't go there. Don't even go there, especially yeah. if you're a young man. So I agree. And I actually uncovered a study and I, you know, a lot of people discovered the study. Dr. McCullough was quoting the study, but there's mm -hmm. a study from 19, I'm sorry, uh, 2021 mm -hmm. that shows that if you have a prior history of myocarditis, you are more likely to have an episode of cardiac arrest after blunt trauma to the chest oh in my. sports. It was two rugby players died, and the autopsies then indicated oh. that they had uh, a history of myocarditis. So it was a case report of two. So I think it is absolutely warranted to examine whether mm -hmm. either prior history of COVID or a recent vaccine had yeah. an impact on increasing the likelihood of this commotio cordis which, by the way, is I, it's unrecorded in professional football. Mm -hmm. It more often occurs in baseball, with a baseball going directly to the chest. Oh, that's a hockey with a hockey puck. Oh, Rugby, which Ouch. is very rough. Yeah, uh, you know, lots and lots of impact. And um, I, you know, I think those are the major sports where projectiles yeah. hit the, hit the chest. And so you, but you, the thing is. I feel that some people have an agenda, and they're trying to say, oh, look, here's another one who died. Like, oh, there's another unexplained yeah. death. It's the vaccine. Yeah. And, you know, we need to pay attention to this, because I think the vaccine is the most harmful vaccine that has ever been approved in the world. But it's not approved. 
Uh, it's only approved for emergency, emergency use. use <laughs> You're right. Sorry about that. Formally. No, yeah, formally. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We didn't approve it. We just said... We didn't approve it. It's, it's not approved. It's an emergency. It's an yeah. emergency. It's like... Right. Uh, so, but uh, yeah. that notwithstanding, we don't know. So, maybe some more facts will emerge. Yeah. Uh, it might be hard to distinguish between the pre-existing myocarditis and the injury that his heart sustained from the cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. So far, they say, and I've seen reports... They say he doesn't have a, doesn't have a prior history of myocard of myocarditis. Okay, that may be because they didn't do the tests that would reveal subtle traces of myocarditis. Yeah. Uh, plus, yeah. there's probably a tendency to squelch that information. So people who believe that it's the vaccine, they will never be convinced that it wasn't the vaccine. They'll always believe that even in the absence of evidence, that the evidence was suppressed, and that's. And that's not scientific. And that's not scientific. But guess what? Mm -hmm. That's what this the, the scientific establishment has bred this atmosphere of suspicion and doubt mm -hmm. because of uh, wrong uh, disclosures yes. and uh, squelching important information and exaggerating the efficacy of the vaccine and minimizing the harms of the vaccine mm -hmm. uh, and then censoring this yeah. information. They actually have created this atmosphere where nobody's going to believe uh, pronunciations anymore. And wow. that we're seeing a reduction in people's uh, use of other uh, useful vaccines, like mm -hmm. the MMR vaccine. Right. Uh, kids are now going to die of the measles because they don't get the requisite vaccines because the people's suspicions of, of yeah. the science have been increased because of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just handled it poorly. Yeah. But I, I thank you for those... Um, that opportunity to apply a kind of a nuanced correction because I am not saying no way, no how that yeah. there's no evidence that the vaccine was implicated in this injury. It just, uh, it is conceivable that it wasn't Yeah, because he had a blunt impact to the chest, which mm -hmm. before the vaccine was around, there are recorded cases of commotio cordis. Yes. Just not in NFL football players. That's what makes it so unusual. Yeah, yeah, that really is. But the great news, and this is what I really want to know, mm -hmm. is what did they do to this guy that he had such a great recovery? Yeah. I would like to know because there's there, there's actually, and I discussed in my radio program, there's plausibility of using antioxidants. Uh, there's oh. plausibility of using melatonin. There's plausibility of using nitric oxide inhalations, putting nitric oxide into the uh, wow. oxygen supply. Uh, even some studies using hydrogen, uh, which is a potent antioxidant, because when you get reperfusion injury, first you get you get ischemia, then you get reperfusion when the blood comes back after the heart rate is restored. Uh, you can get really the damage occurs when the blood comes back, mm -hmm. and it is oxidative wow. damage, and so antioxidants have been proposed as a way of mediating that. Now, steroids, of course, because there's a lot of brain swelling that occurs in this. Uh, I want to know what cocktail they gave to this guy. You think we'll find out? We should. That much we should. That much we should know. Yeah. I mean, we, I would like to hear like a very detailed account of what was done in hospital for him, because I think it's a it's a it's a learning experience. Do you think it's strange that we're seeing simply more cases of myocarditis, or is that no? It, it's separate? it's due to it's due to a combination of COVID and the vaccine. Gotcha. Because you can get myocarditis after COVID. 
but but unfortunately, you're you're introducing the same spike protein as the uh, yeah as the as the virus causes yeah, and that may uh, go to the heart. Another thing that I suspect is just the way it's administered. The shot varies, and mm-hmm. you know if you hit a vein and it, instead of going into the muscle, and it's you know it's just kind of a blind shot in the arm. You know, yeah. sometimes uh, you know you get a shot and there's a bruise. That means that you hit a vein, or it's a little blood comes back. You have to like sponge off the spot. That means you've actually hit. You know, you're not lodging it inside the muscle. There's a blood vessel there. Yeah. And you shoot all that spike protein. It goes in the blood circulation, goes right to the heart. Yeah. And maybe there's, by chance, a higher rate of complications in people at random because of that. Because of how it was administered, yeah. that they hit a vein It wasn't a mistake a because, yeah. it's, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just dumb luck that, you know, there are veins that are underlying the deltoid yeah. muscle in the arm. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, technically, you're supposed to pull back a little bit to see if blood comes back, and if blood comes yeah. back, and you don't shoot it in. But okay. how how often do do they exercise that degree of caution? Right. You know, you could ask some of the people who administer the shots in pharmacies, or you know, maybe even less experienced people who are you know mm-hmm. called upon to administer the millions of shots that were done. Exactly. Um, but you know, it look there's and there's more sudden death. Yeah, there's more sudden, and more there's there's death. also there's also excess mortality, mm. which is not just attributable to COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that excess mortality is due to the effects of the lockdown, is more yes. suicide, more drug use, less going to the doctor because mm-hmm. maybe you have chest pain but you don't want to go to yeah. the clinic because you're afraid of going more because fear, more fear that you're going to die. Well, that you're you can't go to the emergency room because yeah. there's you're going to get COVID in the emergency room. Mm-hmm. So you stay home, and then you you know when you and then, then you, you think the chest pain's going to go away. You take a couple of aspirins. The next morning, they knock on your door. There's no answer. Yeah, you know that is part of it. Sure, but it between COVID and the vaccine, there's excess mortality. Mm-hmm. There's no question. We're, we're going back in life expectancy in America. It was like it's true. steady progress. It was like, oh, you know. Uh, it, it, well, they, the lockdowns didn't help. The lockdowns. All of this did created not help. a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah. Honest to God. So now might be a good time for uh, a word from one of our sponsors. Well, okay, let's do that. Uh, let's uh, share some information that we want to impart to you. So here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They are what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now, Leila, give us a preview of what uh, we're going to talk about in Part 2. Oh, my goodness, part two. Well, it's another vaccine question, Dr. Hoffman. Okay. I have a friend who's a new mother. She has concerns about the childhood vaccine schedule. 
Okay, let's talk about that. Yep. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Muden. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, and questions can come to questions at drhoffman.net. We'll be right back with more.